Father, in the name of Jesus. Lord, today we magnify and glorify your precious name. Thank you right now, Lord God, that you've given us such an awesome opportunity to experience your presence as you have been here since early this morning as we arrived, Lord God. And you continue just to move by your spirit in this place, Lord. And for that, we thank you right now. And Lord, as we have come to this place to, of the Word, we pray right now that you will speak to our hearts, oh God. Right now, we move every distraction, oh God. I pray that hearts and minds are, are being set as we pray right now before you, Lord God. Being set up on you, Lord God. Openly. That you may be able to speak to each and every individual in this place, Lord God. Right where they stand and right where they are in their lives, Lord God. That just as it's been said, that the change can happen, Lord God. That there could be a rearrangement of some things in our life, Lord God. That we could leave this place and never be the same. We need you now, Lord God. That is impossible, Lord God, without you. So right now, Lord God, as some of us may be in very comfortable places naturally, Lord God, and some of us may be in, in, in tougher places naturally, but no matter what that place is naturally, Lord God, we all need you spiritually, Lord God, to take us to the next step, the next level, Lord God. And right now, I pray that none of us our hearts be humbled before you, Lord God, that we don't stand in pride thinking that we're doing you some service for being here or even thinking that we uh, arrived someplace spiritually, Lord God. But show and touch hearts right now, Lord God. Right now, Lord God, in this moment, right now, Lord God, in this, in this moment, Lord God, that as you speak to us by your word, Lord God, that your word, will do exactly what it's set out to do, Lord God. And it will accomplish that which you are sending for today. Today, Lord God. It's in the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray this prayer. Because it only benefits us, Lord God, if we receive your word, Lord. You are one, you are complete, you are whole, Lord God. It's us that are broken. It's us that are in the stand in need, Lord God, of you. If you are here today knocking at the door of our hearts, then I pray that we will open the door. Not just to salvation, but open the door to living a life that will follow after your son Jesus. For many of us have opened the door to salvation. We want to be with you when this is all said and done. We want a place in your eternal heaven, Lord God. But the question remains is what will we do with the rest of our time and our stay here, Lord God? Will we follow your son Jesus? Will we surrender and die to this time that we may be able to live right now for you, Lord God? In Jesus' name. All this in agreement say amen. Amen and amen, amen. Glory be to God. If you will turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, and this is kind of a, a sequel to the message from last week, as it all uh, 
this right together there in Matthew chapter 5, where Jesus had went to the mountaintop. And as he was seated there at the top of the mountain, the Bible says then that his disciples came to him. And the Bible says that then Jesus opened his mouth and he began to teach them. And this here is known uh, to many as the Jesus' first sermon. Uh, as he started his ministry, this uh, sermon here, or this ministry here was uh, known also uh, as, as the Beatitudes, glory be to God. And many of us have studied and, and heard sermons after sermons of the Beatitudes. So today, the focus is not just the Beatitudes, but our focus uh, today is verses 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. So let us read that together. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Some of you, uh, if you will, if you want to, you may feel free to stand as we uh, read our text first on this morning. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13, and it reads like this. You, somebody say you. You. And we know that you means who? You means me. You means me. Somebody say you means me. When I read you in the Bible, it means me. So we're speaking to who? Me? Amen. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt does loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. You are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled under the feet of men. You may be seated in the presence of God. The title of this message this morning is Salt of the Earth. And as I was saying here, we experiencing, you know, by studying Jesus preaching his first uh, sermon, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Here and here, what you see is he begins to minister the Beatitudes. And well, what we know the Beatitudes to be that that's blessed uh, or happy are the, is the poor spirit. Uh, happy are those who mourn. Blessed or happy are the meek. And he tells us why as he goes down the list of how each one of these people or, or, or you know can be happy. You know those that are poor spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be what? Shall be called the sons of God. That's verse 9. And verse 10 it says, Blessed are those who persecute you for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
I'm saying all of this because as uh, you know, I wanted to just visit the Beatitudes because first and foremost, as Jesus ministered the Beatitudes to uh, them on the mount, it's the same that he's ministering in for each and every one of us. The Beatitudes is about one thing. Jesus preached the message of, as a born-again believer, that these are the characteristics that we, as born-again believers, ought to be operating in. Come on, somebody. These are the characteristics for you and me as believers. This ought to be the character that we display, that we have and display. So let's just make that plain and clear from right from the beginning. If you are a born again believer, then these are the characteristics that we as believers ought to have. We ought to be poor in spirit. In the times that we mourn, we should have confidence and know that we will be comforted by the comforter, glory be to God. We ought to have a, 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 a certain aura about us that, that, that is meek, glory be to God. We ought to have a heart that thirsts and hunger after righteousness. See, this ain't uh, these things that, uh, that is here, this ain't just for the preacher man. See, it's far too long that the church and us as believers that, that want to spend eternity with Christ Jesus and God the Father after all of this is done with Duke, that has a desire to be with God. Is that, am I speaking to the right audience? I guess I better find that out first. If you are here today and you believe and you want to spend eternity with God the Father and Jesus Christ your Son, then go and let me see who I'm talking to. Okay, amen. So we are talking to the, uh, the right audience and God is speaking. He, he showed up at the right place. Because see here, if that is you, and I see everybody here go up, then here he's saying Jesus himself, he preaches to them and he's uh, telling us that these are the characteristics that we ought to be operating in. That we ought to have a desire, a thirst yes. for righteousness. Is what uh, it says in verse 4. We ought to be hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And he says, guess what? Your, that will be filled. We ought to have the big part of our character ought to be merciful. Are you merciful on today? Yes. You know, I know, uh, and we talked about this before. See, uh, you know what mercy means because uh, when you need it, we are quick to ask God for it. Have mercy on me, O oh Lord. See, it's what the, the one that is in trouble uh, tends to be. See, because we don't call on mercy until we have, we in trouble. We have some trouble. Until we face with some things. You know, in the natural, this is what many, uh, you know, you, you hear this a lot, that, uh, that you throw yourself on the mercy of what? The court. See, if you don't throw yourself on the mercy of the court, rather than until you leave court. See, you have to be in court. There ain't no need for me to throw myself on the mercy of the court if I ain't got no case, right? But glory be to God, if I got a case, then I want to make a call on that mercy. See, but this mercy that he's talking about is the, is the same form, but it ain't you calling on it, it's somebody, it's, it's you extending it. Come on now. This, this, and this is a part of the character that we as believers, every one of us, that have any expectations of spending eternity with God. 
See, you remember in the words of encouragement, God is so good because he always ties all of these things together. You remember in the words of encouragement, he was talking about, have you ever thought about what I need from you? I know we're always thinking about what we need from him, but these are the things that God needs from us. Why? Why do God need this from us? Well, I'm glad that you asked. This is what the message is all about. This is the reason why he said that you are the salt of the earth. And if the salt loses its flavor, then, you know, how can it be seasoned? See, let me just paint the whole picture here. Jesus, what he's expressing to them after he's given them what their character ought to be, as he spoke to them again, I say he's speaking to us, as he's shown us what our character ought to be. The character that God wants you to have is not about you. It's not uh, some character. See, all of these things that Jesus was sharing with them, and see, God wants to reveal some truth today. And matter of fact, see, truth sets you free because he wants to set us free some things because we've been, you know, this is, can be hard, and especially in light of how we've been taught and all of these different things. The reason why God needs us to have and take on the character that he's, uh, that his son is expressing here and ministering here, it ain't because he needs you to be good. It ain't because he needs you to pay the price for your salvation because Jesus already did that. It is because he needs you to be the salt of the earth, my friend. He needs to have some vessel that he can leave in the earth, glory be to God, that will be able to season that which needs to be seasoned. See, this ain't about us. And, and, and this is good news, my friend. We ought to be jumping for joy that it ain't about us. And it don't put some obligation on us because if it was, then none of us, we all fall short. So here, today, God is sharing with us the reason why I need you to walk in the character that I've given my son to preach. And not only to preach, but to show and to be a, a demonstration for is that it's because I need to use you as the salt of the earth. The salt of the earth. This is good news, man. I don't know if y'all getting this yet. But this takes off a whole lot of pressure of me having to. See, because many of us have been trying to live this Christian walk because we're trying to uh, prove to God that we deserve something. See, no, God says you don't have to prove to me you deserve something because you don't deserve it. Yo, uh, that's what grace, my grace is the key. My grace gave you something that you didn't deserve. Come on, somebody. That's what grace is. You see, and when we know the value of the grace of God, it takes in order to know the value of the grace of God, my friends, you got to know what grace is. And grace is you getting something that you didn't deserve. See? And matter of fact, then we back to mercy and thank God that he was graceful enough to give us granted what we didn't deserve. Because you showed up on God to give you what you do deserve. See, that's called mercy. See, that's what we ask the judge for. I know, judge, I know that I was guilty of going 100 miles an hour, but please drop it down to, to a, just a 15 mile hour, hour violation of speed. So I don't have to get my license suspended and have to pay a thousand dollar fine. Just give me the 300 dollar fine, please. Have mercy on me. Don't give me what I do deserve. God is saying, in order for you to really have value and understand the value of the relationship that he has with you, you need to understand some of these things. You truly need to understand what his grace is. Because when you understand the grace of God, that he did not give you what you do deserve. Come on, somebody. 
then, then and only then can he, you understand mercy that he withheld from you. See, mercy is with him, not just him. See, grace is him not giving you or him giving you what you didn't deserve. That's what grace is, him giving you something that you didn't deserve. See, and mercy is him withholding, holding back that which you do deserve. I'm going to put it in plain English so somebody can understand this. You remember when you was a kid? And you know that you was messing up in school. And, 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 and you know that uh, what you really deserved and you was afraid that uh, when you know, the teacher called home and, and reported home to mama well, how you was really acting in school, then you know that, you, that what you knew what you deserved. And, you, and for most of us, we knew what we was getting. Then you go back to me and Willie's days, you knew what you was getting. See, some of y'all that came after that, y'all, it was a lot of mercy at work. In the early 60s, then that mercy wasn't there quite as much as it was as it transpired into the 70s and you hate babies and all of that different stuff. See, you knew that you deserved to get a whooping when you got home. But boy, if, 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 when you didn't get that whooping, and maybe mama just sat you down and talked to you for a little while. See, that was her withholding what you did deserve. That was her mercy towards you, my friend. And see, if God himself, if he gave us truly what we all deserve, we would all be separated from him. And thank God that in order for him not to give us what he did, what we do deserve, he had to give us something that we did deserve. And that's his son, Jesus Christ. The blood of the son paid the price for our sin. And see, if this is when we really understand these things, then we cannot no longer take for granted these things. We can no longer take for granted that we may just continue to live for ourselves and not for him. See, and this brings us right back down to what this is truly all about. So if you ever ask God, what is it that you need from me? God has said, I need you to be what I made you to be. And that is the salt of the earth, my friend. And I need you to be so you can be something standing up or, so, or you can be some big man on campus. No, I need you to be it for the kingdom of God. So what is it and how can I be the salt of the earth? Well, this is what God wants to share with us today. Think of the salt. As a matter of fact, uh, for some of you, uh, you know, geology people or, or students, you know, that, that really stir, stu study, you know, ancient times and all less than what you would know is that salt is different than what, what it is today. Salt is much different than what it is today. See, salt before, you know, had impurities. Salt today, the, what is it? Sulfur, sulfur, chloride, chloride, sulfate, or, come on, somebody. See, I know we had one of them in here. At least one. What is it? Sulfite, sulfate, chloride, or chloride, sulfate? See, nowadays that stuff is pure. But before it wasn't, in the time that Jesus was speaking of here, then, you know, salt, And just as he said, it was good for nothing then, but to be scattered on the ground and, and trampled under the foot of man. See, if, you, if some of you ever lived back east in, 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 in where I'm from in the state of Michigan, salt is a good thing for us because in the wintertime, you know, if you don't have salt, see, they put salt on the road so it gives us traction. We put salt in our driveways, we 
that all that stone ice is on there because it helps you to not slip. It's not. See, and that is what God is saying. If that ain't what I called you for, I don't need you just to be traction under men's feet, but I need you to be in the operating in the character that will be a season to somebody. What will be the God? Let's take a look at this real quick. Salt naturally does three major things. And there's a spiritual picture as well. One of the things that salt does, it hinders the spread of corruption or other words, or corrosion. Uh, in, their, uh, in other words, it, it's a preservative. Come on, somebody. See, in the ancient days, they didn't have, uh, in days way back, they, they didn't have no ice box. Or body, let me speed up modern day terms, no refrigerator or freezer, see. See, my mom and them used to call it icebox. Y'all might not know anything about that. But it, 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 there was a time there was no refrigerators, no freezers, no iceboxes. And do you know what was the uh, thing that, that, that see, because the icebox, you can put it in the immediate there and freeze it, and that preserves it, right? See, there was a time that only salt did that. That you, they would salt the meat up and it, it, it would last more than just one day. It was a preservative. It was a preservative. And that, number one, salt being a preservative, is the, the spiritual picture is that we today, God wants to use that if we walking in the character of the Beatitudes that Jesus had just mentioned, then he can use us as a preservative. He can use us as a preservative. He can use us as one that is uh, hindering the spread of corruption more than being the spread of corruption. Come on, somebody. Yeah. See, in, in the church that we ought to be, and this is what he's talking about, being a representative, representative of his, that we, the body of Christ, we, we ought not be like the world. That's why we ought to be transformed, transformed from the world. Yeah, so we ought to not be a, a let our mouths and, and, and the words that we say bring about a hindrance or a corrupting. Actually, our mouths and, and the words that God uses us to say ought to be a preserver. Come on, somebody. Amen. Return your Bibles to Colossians chapter 5 real quick. Colossians chapter 5. That salt is a hinder to the spreading of corruption. So should you and me spiritually be a hindrance to the spread of corruption. Colossians chapter 4, I'm sorry if I said 5. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5 and verse 6. In verse 5. But Colossians chapter 4 says, walk in wisdom towards those who are outside. See, God wants to use us to be seasoned, to be the salt of the earth. Redeem the time. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. That you may know how you ought to answer each one. See, our, what God wants to use us as we operate in the character 
as Jesus expressed him so beautifully on that mountain in the uh, the the, uh, the sermon on the mount in the Beatitudes is here the part of that character that makes us the salt of the earth that, that Jesus is in putting. Now this ain't who you are, this ain't who I am, but this is the impartation of Jesus Christ and, and God Himself in our lives that we ought to walk as He walks and that our and what it'll do is, is with one another then instead of the harsh words our, 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 our speech or our talking to one another will be filled with grace it, it will be seasoned with like salt yes. yeah. it will be a season like salt it will be an edifier it will be an encourager to one another more than a disgrace or, or tearing down of one another are you with me my friend? Yeah. So God is saying we need to watch how we talk to one another and how, how we talk to one another is, is born out of how we think about one another. Yes. You are the salt of the earth, my friends. You are the salt of the earth. Because you remember what we're talking about here. We're talking about every one of us that raised our hand and said that we have a desire that at the end of our stay here that we can be in the presence of the Almighty God. If you have that desire, then you have an obligation that your life become a living sacrifice. This is a part of the living sacrifice. The living sacrifice is, is that I, I will allow now the Spirit of God to lead my character. Come on, somebody. Amen. You see, God is, is right now, just as he said you know, early on, that he's looking and he has a real desire for his church, not the building, but his people. To begin to have a heart that will pan after him. A heart that will thirst for him. So number two, the second thing that, that, that salt does is it's, it's an enhancer of flavor. See, some of us can't even, you know, we every time we go to dinner, the first thing we do when we get our plate is we reach for the salt. Come on, somebody. I see some smiles on some faces now. So something like know what number two means. That is an answer of flavor. Guess what, my friends? You being the salt of the world ought to be an enhancer of flavor, my friend. You being the salt of the earth, we being the salt of the earth, ought to be an enhancer of the flavor to the, for the kingdom of God. This is what our life here is all about. This is why he imparted us and gave us and blessed us with the, the Beatitudes, the character. This is our character. Now, if we ain't walking in the character, then now, this is, that's where the rubber meets the road in, my friend. This is a challenge for me to walk and for you to begin to walk in the character that, that Jesus died and left us in place for. And he didn't just leave it in place for you, for, uh, for it to be about you, for it to make you something. No, he did it now. We find it out. He left it in place for a reason. He left it in place for those that will follow him that they can be the salt of the earth. Because God himself needed some flavor in the earth yeah. until he comes back again. Yeah. He needs some vessels that was working in the earth. And not a vessel that's working in the earth that says we Christians, but then for the, you know, how we live in our life, the world can't tell 
Well, God is what this is truly all about, so we can't continue to live like we live. If that's you or me, that God is important to stuff. That you, your purpose for being here is to be salt of the earth. That is to be a hindrance to corruption. Glory be to God. Meaning to be a, a, a preserver. And secondly, that you be an enhancer of, of His flavor to the earth for the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So our character, we can't be walking around and, and, and they can't tell no difference between you and, and them. Or between us and them. It, it ought not to be, my friend. It ought not to be because you are the salt of the earth whether you want to be. Because when you chose to, 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 to be with him, when you put your faith in Jesus as your Lord and Savior and said, I want to be with you in eternity, then God says, he made your reservation. And some of you know I say this all the time. Because in, in Peter, he says that. He says that he makes the reservation. And glory be to God that when he makes the reservation, he ain't like one of us. They will change his mind three, four months down the road. Oh, I want to change my reservation. No, when God makes the reservation, it's set and sealed by the Holy Spirit. Glory be to God. And he is faithful. He's the one that is faithful that can keep it. And see, he, the reservation he makes for you ain't depending on how well you do this thing. Thank the Lord. See, I told you. He didn't set us free from some things. It was how well his son did the thing. And his son has already took care of it. Glory be to God. And if you really understand that and know that, then this is what will gravitate you and give you a thirst to be the son of the earth. Not to try to use it as some, uh, you know, some means of it. Because if you can really see the love of God that's in Christ Jesus that was at work, there's no way that you can turn around and try to use that for your advantage. You're going to use it because you're going to see man that he's given me to be the salt of the earth. And what an honor and a privilege that is. Come on now. And so this is what happens. So when I don't do well in honoring this, this is where my uh, conviction comes from. I didn't say condemnation. But this is where my conviction in my heart comes from because it, it, it will be totally in contrary to the love that he showed me through his grace, through him giving in me something that I didn't deserve. And through him withholding from me that which I did deserve. Then we, we come to know the value and not take it for granted. Because right now, my friends, many of us have took it for granted the grace of God. We don't know and understand what he's given that we didn't deserve. And because we don't know and understand that, we don't understand his mercy. That it withheld from us that which we do deserve. So some of us are still walking around with pride all of us, thinking that we, we, we deserve something. As though God is doing us a favor by keeping the reservation for us. Are you serious? Because the truth of the matter is, is when we see him face to face and we see God, Allah, I mean uh, Yahweh, for who he really is, then you won't know. If you don't know today, you're going to know then. And that's why it behooves us to have a, a, a relationship with him in the spirit because that's the closest that we're going to get to a real revelation. To know that God is real. Yes, he is. And not for us to wait until we come into his presence and have a rude awakening of truly who the great I am is. 
and his son Jesus Christ. We don't want to wait until that day when it's right here and available right before us, my friends. Jesus has chosen us and called us to be the salt of the earth because of what he has done. And then what he has done has left us an inheritance. And this inheritance is a character that we have. It's just you choosing to operate in the character that, he, that you have. And you don't have it because it's yours. You have it because he gave it to you. So don't think that you don't have the character you do if you were born again believer. That's what this new birth is all about. He says, oh, just like he says in 2 Corinthians, that's what this new birth is all about. That old things have passed away. Glory be to God. And all things have become new. And not that you become new, but all things according to the spirit of the living God. How he sees you, what he's imparted into you, what he's given you, what he's placed on your account is new. It's made over. And we need to understand that. Because in the understanding of that, only thing it's going to do is going to continue to draw you closer and draw you to a seriousness, my friend. Yes. And to draw you to a, a real understanding that you can't fool God with all that you You might be a fool man. Come on, but you can't fool God. He knows everything about your heart. He knows every line of spirit that you have. All of every defiant spirit and all of these different things. And it behoves us to lay it at the altar He 
seeks the humbleness where we've humbled ourselves so not for our ways, but his way. That we 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 losing the part of us that wants to uh, you know to, to stand up and, and, and be against anything that, that, that don't feel good to my flesh. That don't feel good to my flesh. My God. You are the salt of the earth. The third thing, and the final thing that salt does. You know, salt enhances flavor. Actually, before we go there, I need to share the scripture with you about the enhancement of flavor. Romans chapter 14. This is awesome. Enhances flavor. We ought to be an enhancement. Our lives, because of the character that we have, ought to be uh, salt that is seasoned. You know, the seasoning the season some stuff that is adding flavor to all that God is working that blesses the kingdom of God. And my question to each and every one of you right now, is your life, is that what your life represents? Can, can God truly look down on you in, in, in awe? Are you walking in the characteristics that, that Christ has paid the price for you to have, that he's given it to you? Are you walking in these characters, characteristics that makes you an enhancer of, uh, you know, like salt in, 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 in the flavor of the kingdom? Is God looking at your life and saying that you are, yes, you are a good representative because your life, you know, it ain't what you said. But there's people on your job, there's people at your school, there's people that have encountered you, that, that, that has just looked at you and have been blessed by your, the, the spirit that you, that you are operating in. It ain't because you told them, well, I'm a Christian and I went to church this Sunday. But it's because of the love and, and the, the words and how they were, well, the grace with faith, glory be to God, how they were seasoned with salt, that you were able to give an answer, you know, in there that wasn't one that, 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 that was so harsh and, and ugly. This is real. Because some people, the way that they're going to begin to even begin to know that there is a God, it ain't going to be because they didn't heard the gospel message. It's going to be because they didn't see somebody that just, that's different than everybody else to see. There's somebody that has enough grace in them and flavor working in them that they're saying, you know, that they can give a soft answer. An answer that is seasoned with salt. That's what it's going to be. In Romans chapter 14, verse 17. Let me get there with you. Romans chapter 14. This is powerful stuff. And here, obviously, you know, Paul was writing to the Romans. And, uh, and here he was uh, talking specifically about an issue of, of, them, of the food that they ate and how some of these, you know, as, as Jewish people that didn't used to operating a certain way and as the transition is made, you know, that some of them there <coughs> have become, you know, to begin to grieve the brothers. But look at verse 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but a righteous 
Jesus. Come on, somebody. Of peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. For he who serves Christ in these things is acceptable to God and approved by men. Therefore, let us pursue the things which make for peace and the things for which one may edify another. See, this is how the season is adding flavor. This is how the salt is adding flavor. Is your life about peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit more than about your know, what you deserve and contention and strife in all situations because you're right. See, because there's many times that we've been right about something. But Lord, but because we write, then what we what we do is we'll operate in contention and strife more than peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We don't argue about it because we write. We don't stand. Who do you think you are? When it's causing for peace right now. And when it's causing for righteousness right now. See, because you can think about it, if Jesus just stood up for what is right when they came to crucify him, he was right and he didn't deserve that. Mm, and just like the, the man on the, the cross don't tell him, well, if you're Christ, then you, you, you should be able to call a legion of, of angels to come down and, and take, us, take you off the cross and, and us with you. See, if Jesus was right, and if he had the mindset that we have that causes us to operate in, in all these things, then that's exactly what he did, because he was right. But what he was operating in was righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. He said, there's a bigger cause for me to humble myself in this moment. And that is to be acceptable to God the Father. Hallelujah. See, it ain't just about being right. Sometimes it's about us being able to be the representative, to be that salt that is seasoned with the Then it'll cause us to have to humble ourselves in that moment just so peace and right and joy can come forth. So even in our homes, even with our own children, sometimes it requires us to humble ourselves. Because right now, what needs to come forth is peace in this home. So joy in this home right now. Glory to God. More than the fact that I'm right. I'm That he can use. 
And so we settle for you all right. Even though you divided, you sleeping on the couch, you sleeping all up there, and you know, the kids mad and uh, going off to school and with no uh, uh, peace in them in this day. And what you don't know, this is about to be the roughest day for that child in school that they ever had. But you just sent them out with their spirit all contract because you were right. Wow. Wow. Come on, my yes. That's not the salt. That's not the season that God needs in the tent. And for us, that wishes and would have uh, eternal life spent with them, then these are the things that we got to consider right now, my friend. That we got to change some things about our lives. We got to uh, allow God to be able to use it for what he needs to use it for. More than for us being right and standing on, on what we know. And the crazy part about it is that you can be right, 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 and then you find out you was wrong, wrong, wrong. After all the division, the fights, the strife, and all that stuff. Yeah. That happens as well. Number three, my friend. Salt creates thirst. Salt creates thirst. It creates thirst. Salt creates thirst. The salt that God wants to use, my friend, ought to be creating a thirst in us. And a yearning in us that is representative of Psalm 42. That we read for our opening scripture today. That, you know, that like a deer that pants for the water book, you know, that our souls for God will pet. Come on, somebody. Like a deer that thirsts, that our souls would be thirsty for the Lord. Let me read it to you again. Psalms 42, verses 1 and 2. We'll go there real quickly as we come to a close. Psalm number 3, it creates thirst. And spiritually, as we are the salt of the earth, that our thirst for God, the Father, and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, ought to be being enhanced daily. As the deer pants for the water brook, so pants my soul for you, O oh God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before? God, my soul should be thirsty for him. Even thirsty for, to him for a point of when, even when, will we stand before him? Hallelujah. In John chapter 17, Jesus said himself that if a man is thirsty, if he hungers or thirsts, he says, come to me and drink. Jesus said that if you are thirsty, if you hunger and thirst, come to me. See, this, our satisfaction for our thirst, and even our hunger, it only comes through the way that God has orchestrated. It's through the blood of our son, I mean his son, Jesus Christ. Salt, you being salt. It ought to create thirst for yourself, and thirst for, for others. Our lives ought to create a thirst 
even for others to be thirsty for the Lord. First and foremost ourselves, but even also this salt that is planted in the earth or, or the sin that God has left in the earth ought to be one that creates a thirst even for others. Because really what this all boils down to is that the Jesus is coming. And we are living in a time that is closer than it ever was before. And some of you can tell that even by your own spirit, it don't take you to be a theologian to know that. It just takes you having the spirit of the living God that is beckoning and knocking on the door of your heart every single day and is telling you that something is, is coming close. It's telling you something. Yo, and I ain't, and this is only every one of us got that in some way, shape, fashion, and form. Some of us ignore it more than others. But all of us have when God has been knocking on the door of your heart and he's telling you and he's urging you. And the reason because he's calling you to be the salt. And so I know that if you are born again believer and you have the spirit of the living God living on the inside of you, you have, he's knocking on your door constantly. Now whether you open it, whether you ignore it, whether you're trying to hear it, then it's a whole other story. But God is no chooser of people, so he's telling each and every one of us that has his spirit in there, his spirit is one, and he sends out the same message. The difference is that some of us are uh, short-stopping it even before it gets in the yard. We cut him off at the gate, we got the gate locked. We didn't let him get up to the door. Then some of us maybe just got the door locked. And then some of us got the door wide open. Glory be to God. Come on, Lord. Whatever it is. So wherever you fit in, my friend, today is the day that God is calling you past that. Because he, Jesus is coming. Look at Revelation chapter 21, and this is where we're going to close at. Revelation chapter 21. It speaks of John. God was, had the writer write down that which he seen. That the revelation that God had given him. Glory be to God. Of the time to come. And the time that we know it is dearer than ever before. Revelation chapter 21. Glory to God. This is awesome. Yeah. In verse 5 it says this. Then he sat, excuse me, then he who sat on the throne, that's Jesus himself, said, Behold, I make all things new. He didn't notice what he did say. He didn't say he was, behold, I'm doing a new thing. But he says, behold, I'm making all things new. And he said to me, write these words. For these words are true and faithful. And he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega. And he shall be my son. But the cowardly, unbelieving, abominable, murderers, sexual immoral, 
sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars shall have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death, my friends. We have a responsibility because for us, he's made all things new. So how is it that we don't go on living as though we are partakers of the, 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 the lake that burns with fire and brimstone? How can we use the rest of our days even having been sealed for the day of redemption, but our representation, our salt that we sow is either going to be one that has flavor or it's going to be one that is good for nothing. But to walk, but for, for men to, to walk and travel on, how can we take the, our days with having the seal for the day of redemption, but living our, our, our lives or, or the salt that we display is good for nothing. The same that those that uh, have a part in the lake of fire. No, you don't have a part in the lake of fire, but why would your life be a representative of that? It ought not to be, my friends. Ain't no way. If we know the value of that which God has given us through the grace of His Son and the mercy that came forth out of that, how can we use the rest of our day being no different than the world? Wow. How can we use the rest of our day and not be the salt of the earth, nor the light of the world from last week? Wow. See, these two go hand in hand. That I or the light to the world. And a light, light the, you know, they put it on the lap, and the lap, don't, they don't put it under a bushel basket to be hidden, but they put it on the hill. Remember? And see, I'm talking about you and me. This ain't just for the priest, the pastor, and the rabbi. No, this is for every born again believer that has any uh, hope of being with Christ Jesus when this is all over and done with. That your responsibility your charge is the life that he's given you through the character that he's blessed every one of us with. It's just up to us how we will operate the character that he's blessed us with. See, that's like somebody giving you something, but instead of you putting it on and making it up any use, you're going to throw it in the closet. For no use. This is a serious charge, my friend, and this is a serious thing. Because of the time that we live in, we can no longer live our lives for ourselves. But we have to do what 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 15 says. That if he rose, if we rose with him, that you should no longer live your life for yourself, for him who died for you and rose again. That's what it says. So how is it that we can lay hold of the reservation but then we'll lose all of our time before it's time to make to, 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 to meet the reservation living for Satan in the world. Mm. It can't be. Mm. It can't be. And today God is saying, no more. He said, I need you to stand up in who you are. Not who you're trying to be, who you hope to be, no, who I made you to be. And he's made you as just what he says. That what, look what he says in verse 7 again here. Oh, yeah, in verse 7 it says, He who overcomes shall inherit all things, and I will be his God, and he shall be my sons. We are sons and daughters. We are inheritors 
co uh, co inheritors, co heirs. That's it. Come on, somebody. We are co heirs with Christ Jesus as children of the Most High God. You are a child of God, and it's high time that we begin to represent that family of who we are related to. It's not, we, 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 we Joneses, ain't no reason for us to act like the Johnsons. Come on, son. Because you know the Johnsons is crazy. Oh, he knows. I think he's sick. I think he's sick. Oh, he knows. No Johnson? See, he's here today. Okay, oh, great. Don't tell him. Oh, don't let him get to sick. By God, by God. It's time, it's high time for us to begin to live the life that God has made us. Not who we're trying to be, but I'm talking about who God has made us to be. He's made us to be. This is a done deal. And so that you can be encouraged by. That you can be freed by because now you ain't got to try to preserve earnest. You can just live in who you know now today. God has delivered unto you by the Spirit that this is who you are. Glory be to God. Is that all right? Amen. Come on, let's give God some praise. He is worthy. He is worthy to be praised.